Guys, mental health is something that Dan and I are extremely passionate about, which is why it excites us to say that we are partnering with BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode and our podcast. BetterHelp is the world's leading therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BacksideGroundBalls. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash BacksideGroundBalls. by Riverside. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Backside Ground Balls pod, episode 62. Um, it's my voice first tonight because Trevor uh, has some family in town. Uh, we would normally push till tomorrow, but we have a special guest. Colin is back, off day in Vegas. Um, he's nine games into the AAA season with the Vegas Aviators, AAA of the Oakland A's, as you all know. Colin, what's going on? It's so good to see you, dude. Uh, it's good to be back. been a long – I feel like we haven't talked in a while, but <laughs> – Good to see you again. Good to be back. Doing good out here at West. Getting hot, but not bad. How's the uh, spring training probably help? But are you all like caught up on the time zone change and everything? Because every uh, time I go to text you, it's like nine in the morning, and I'm like, oh wait, like he's not awake. <laughs> well, it was tough adjusting to it. Well, driving wasn't bad because we had like a day or two to sleep, but then. Spring training was all in the morning, so like 6.30, like waking up trying to get there around 8, and then usually be done around, you know, 3 or 4. And now the schedule is completely flipped again, where it's like, I need to try and sleep in as late as I can because I got to get to the field at 1 o'clock, and I'm going to go to bed at 12 tonight. But we're adjusting to it, and it's, oh, it didn't take that long, but yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's kind of kind of sucks. I call my mom after the game, and it's like... Oh, it's two in the morning. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't wake you up. <laughs> Dude, that is kind of weird because, like, like you said, like friends and most of your friends and family are all back east, so like you get done a game and it's you know mm-hmm. eleven o'clock out there and and everyone's asleep back here. And I so. feel bad. I'm like, I'm sorry, Grandma, but my game starting at ten o'clock your time. Like, <laughs> it's only seven here. Sorry, you gotta stay up, but uh, it's nice I know it's- out here. 
I've been trying to, I've been hoping that you're going to throw like a lot of day games so that I can catch as many as possible just cause like, you know, I'm like, all right, when's he, when's his next start? So I can maybe, uh, catch it. <laughs> we'll have a Sunday here soon. I think if I stay on the five day, probably, probably next, be next Tuesday or next Sunday. I think when we're away, but we'll see, we'll see. I'll keep that's, you guys updated. <laughs> how, so how are things going? Obviously first year in AAA, what's the, uh, is it different? Or is it the same? Is it like what's what's the vibes like? It's baseball is baseball. Like everybody goes out there, it's the same game. There's no difference. You gotta make pitches. You gotta, I mean, hitters gotta hit. Fielders feel it's all the same. But anything around the clubhouse, like in my opinion, it may feel a little, a little different, just because. I mean, a lot of AAA clubhouses, a lot of the guys have been up and down, or they're just older vets that are trying to get back. There's guys that are you know, almost there. So a lot of guys are really pushing and, you know, the work ethic I think is a lot more different in a way. I mean, I'd say a lot of guys are at the field, you know, 12, 31 o'clock for seven o'clock games every single day. There's always something to work on, but I mean, it's just a really cool experience. Just like walk around the clubhouse and you're like, this guy's got five years of showtime. This guy's been around for 10 years this guy played in japan and korea the past couple of years these guys have played all over the country and you're just in this you're all in the same clubhouse together all trying to get to that same goal of being a big leaguer and i think for me it just kind of enhances just like my work ethic because it's like hey here's these guys that have been around this game for all these years and they're still going it just gives me more more motivation like i'm here now like here I, I have a shot too just as much as these guys so i gotta work my butt off even harder to try and you know get to the big leagues but i mean i'm enjoying it everybody's really friendly always willing to help like there's no guys that are like uh oh, like screw you sort of thing so it's really <laughs> nice to have a clubhouse yeah where it's like hey everybody's hunting for the same goal and i mean hopefully we all got a shot we're all going to be teammates one day hopefully in Oakland one day, that's obviously the goal. So it's nice to build relationships here before hopefully we all get a shot up there in the, uh, the big leagues. <laughs> that's great. And, and that's awesome to me because it's, you know, just hearing you kind of talk about like the work ethic thing. And like, that's the biggest thing, right? Like those guys who have tasted it and have been there for no matter how long you're up there, right? Like I can't imagine, like, especially once you get that call, like even if you spend a day, like that's probably all you think about for the rest mm-hmm. of your baseball journey is like, how do I get back to that point? So to then like come back and then be able to kind of rub off on you guys who haven't quite gotten there, but like, okay, he's been there. So I know he knows what it takes. And like, this is his work mm-hmm. ethic, like you said. And then it's kind of got to be interesting for those guys too. Cause when you think about like the veterans in a big league clubhouse that have been there for 10 years, you know, you think of like Machado and those guys, well, they're not, they're not worried about losing their job. They're not worried about getting sent down. So for them, being a leader for the younger guys is easy because there's nothing to worry about. But mm. like you said, those older guys, like it's awesome that they're they're willing to share things because like if I'm a pitcher who's been up to the bigs and I'm trying to get back up, and here you are, like, <laughs> hey man, you're trying to take my spot. Like, but you know mm-hmm. that obviously, like it's a, it's about you know kind of a the balance right of being a teammate and also being a leader. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It. It is a tough balance. I mean, it's always in the back of your head. Like, I'm friends with – I say I'm friends with everybody on this team. Like, I hope everybody, like, gets up right. there to the show. Like, we're all there together. But, I mean, it's just competitive. Like, you're going head-to-head against all these guys. But I think 
I think I feel like I've been very fortunate that we've all found that happy medium of we're all willing to help because we all have the same goal in mind. I mean, but at the end of the day, like we're playing for 29 other teams, like still, like every game, there's scouts out there watching batting practice. There's guys watching me warm up, like I'm warming up in the outfield before my start on Thursday. And there's a guy behind McCain in the stands, like video. And I'm like, just pick him out. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I wonder what he's like videoing <laughs> for. Like, I'm just playing catch. Like, so like we're all playing for the A's right now, but. I mean, come July when the trade deadline comes, who knows where all this could end up. But, I mean, we all want to play in the big leagues. I mean, it's it's everybody's goal. Like, we don't want to be here. We want to get up there and stay. We don't want to come back and forth. We want to get up there and establish ourselves. But everybody's route's different. Everybody's way to get there is different. Some guys repeat levels two or three years. Some guys go to Japan, come overseas. It's all incredible to see everybody's different stories of how they have gotten from getting drafted, getting signed to the show. Like everybody's story is completely different. Like nobody has that picture perfect A ball, double right. A, triple A, reach the show, unless your name's Mike Trout or Shohei Otani right. or just specimens. But you know, guys that are low A for two years, they go to double A, get caught up to triple A, get sent back down, go up and down, they go to Korea, they go to Australia, they go to Mexican League, they go all over the place. So it is a cool environment, but I mean, we're all, we're all gunned for the same, same spots. <laughs> What's the, uh, what's it? You, I know you guys have a couple guys on rehab assignment. What, what's their vibe like in the clubhouse? Cause they, they know that they're, they're not going to be there for long. Oh, um, uh, only one of the guys was here the past couple days. And I mean, he talked to us just like, like a normal guy. Like, I think that's the, you know, I was in camp in big league camp two years ago and there wasn't like much difference. Like, Practice is practice. Bullpens are bullpens. Games are games. Right. You know, PFPs are PFPs. Throwing, throwing programs. You know, all that stuff is the same. And so I think, I mean, obviously, like they're big leaguers, they're established. They know what they need to do. They know how to pitch at the highest level on the planet. But from what I've seen, they're always willing to help you. Like I talked to Austin Pruitt, who has been up and down for a few years. Marlin's been up and down with the A's. And he's got a really good cutter and I walked up to him and he's 30 years old. And I'm just like, Hey man, can you talk to me about like your cutter and stuff? He goes, anytime, just talk to me anytime. So it's just like, that's really cool. Just knowing that here's this guy well-established, like knows how to pitch at a high level that is willing to help me. Who's just got here. So it is nice, but uh, yeah, I think Paul Blackburn is starting on Tuesday and then Rasinski is starting Wednesday. So We'll see. I'm I'm always excited to watch like their warm ups and stuff. Like yeah. Paul Blackburn was throwing up like a touch field pen on uh on Sunday and I had my scheduled pen too and he was on the mound and I'm I'm not gonna double barrel with this guy. I'm just gonna sit here and watch him. <laughs> like I'm just watching him like dotting up pitches. Like he's like I'm just like still like you know, you watch guys in triple A, you're like, that guy's amazing. Then you here's a big leaguer and the difference is still that big. It's still that it's big. crazy, but it's crazy. they're all, they're willing to talk to you. They're not just going to blow you off, which is really nice to know. Yeah. I think that's the thing that like, um, you know, kind of makes the sport, you know, and I'm sure it's like this probably maybe in other sports I wouldn't know, but like in baseball, like, right. It's, it's always going to be about like the sharing of the, the passion. Cause everybody, like you said, everybody has the same goal and, uh, especially mm-hmm. when you wear the same uniform, you want everyone to achieve that goal. Like you've been saying, you hope that all those guys in the clubhouse with you now, your teammates with them in the big someday, um, 
that's pretty sick. Did you get so what? What tips did you get on the cutter? Any? Any you can share? Oh no, I haven't. His, I haven't talked to him yet. I, I I only asked him on yeah. uh, on Saturday, so I didn't get to talk to him yet. But hopefully this week I'll get in there and talk to him yeah. because that thing is sharp. <laughs> Yeah, pass it along. I'm, I'm curious. I would love to know. Uh, so your your uh, your two starts in obviously um, mm-hmm. opening day starter. That's big. So can we can we recap the two starts a little bit? How did how do how are you feeling? Uh, opening day, I felt great. I mean, we opened up in Reno. Was at the um, that was my first ever opening day start anywhere in that right college and pro ball ever since. So that was a cool feeling i thought in my opinion yeah. I, I had a yeah. pen on tuesday when we got to vegas and i was like oh man like i got opening day i think i was like here we go <laughs> but uh i mean on on paper that start didn't go well but personally like i my body felt great like i threw my fastball really well we always do fastball command stuff and i think i had i counted myself at like 43 percent like executed which i mean it doesn't sound great, but if you go back and watch a major league game, I think I think I remember our coordinators talking about it. Like they're probably fifty fifty five, so even even that split is still decent. Right. But uh, I really got hurt. I threw nine sliders, let up three hits on the slider, and I threw let up a hit on uh, a cutter, and then I let up a hit on an elevated off speed, and only on one fastball. So I look back at that game like. I should have just kept using my fastball, which I finally made that adjustment after that. I had a big four run inning, uh, the second inning, which was tough. Let up, had a 106 mile per hour ground ball come off my foot on a hanging slider. O2 pitch <laughs> hit my foot, hit me in the arm. I still got the bruise a little bit, probably somewhere, but then hung another slider. Very next pitch home run two run Homer and let up another double later in the game on another hanging slider. But I mean, I look back at that start, Obviously, on paper, sucked, but I took a lot of positives out of it. Like, there's some decent changeups, decent splits. Fastball command wasn't bad. So, but Thursday, I mean, I think I was talking about it to you before. I threw 74 pitch. I threw 60 fastballs, which I mean, I haven't done that in forever. But I think that just brought confidence back for me because I kind of lost my fastball for a good couple weeks before spring, and then going back to last year, kind of just wasn't there and it just made me feel better like knowing that hey i just threw 60 fastballs against i mean the dodgers who that team had quite some good hitters and guys with ex big league time so i was happy that i could locate that and have success with that so i'm only hoping that going forward i'll be able to execute the off speed more which is just going to make obviously the fastball and everything else better but yeah first two starts i'd say not bad just getting comfortable i think uh, I think the biggest adjustment is just getting used to like a five day sort of rotation, even though we have an off day yeah. mixed in, it's still some days you're having a day off and a bullpen. And then you have two days off game. Like we're going to, I think in a week I'll probably, I might have a Tuesday and a Sunday start. So just trying to get acclimated and get, figure out how much recovery I need to do, how much more arm care do I need to do? How do I find this balance of rehab, rest, recovery, feeling good, all that stuff. But yeah, two starts in, feeling good, confident, you know, just just getting ready, but enjoying it. <laughs> That's huge. What uh so I guess I there's a couple of things I want to ask you from that, but what as far as the the getting used to the schedule cuz you know, 
when we've talked to other pitchers on here and obviously when we've talked to you on here, just talking about routine and how important that is, how have you gone about getting your sex? You've been on the seven day. I mean, you've been on the seven day since high school, right? So now being mm-hmm. on the five, like what's that, what is, what has kind of been your approach to making that adjustment? Has it been just like guess and check? Like, all right, I'm going to try this. Or has it been like picking guys brains who have done it? What have you, how have you done it? It's a mix of both, but to be honest, it's been a lot of just guess and right. see if it, see how I feel good. I've gone, you know, the past couple of weeks I've started to do, um, trying to find out which days I want to do like an ice bath or which days like compression, like sleeves for my legs. I've mixed up those both days to see which, t- which feels better. I've switched up kind of like my arm care, like soft tissue routine. I've done cups sometimes versus regular massage or regular scrape or regular stretch. So I've, it's kind of just been a kitchen sink of like, I'm throwing all this information at myself and hopefully like one of those clicks and whatever, clicks from there i'm just going to keep attacking that but i think it takes a little bit of time i'm still trying to figure it out i mean just with now we have some rehab starts so the schedules might get changed might have an extra day here may not so but i haven't really picked the minds of some guys i've been kind of just like i feel good about my pre-game and then post-game and right. pre-game routine i've had this you know like a 45 minute ish warm-up for the past couple years that i've stuck to every day for pregame or uh, pre-practice stuff. But I think probably down the road, I'll probably start, you know, tinkering with guys' minds, some of the older guys, because, I mean, throwing 180 innings a year, it's you're going to go through it. And I got done my game on Thursday, and I mean, the coach is like, how you feeling? I was like, I feel all right, like not bad. He goes, you're going to have a lot more stars where you're going to feel terrible. Like you're going to have right. four out of 10 starts where you're just going to be like, crap, like how am I going to get through this? Like it is what it is, but you know, after those starts, you just got to get back to your routine and stick to what you've been doing because obviously it's worked, but it's a long process of trial and error, just seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work. So, but it makes it interesting. You kind of find things out that are new. You talk to new guys about exercises, rehab stuff, like, stuff like that. So it's a kitchen sink of everything. What's what's so I guess when you talk about obviously 180 innings is so much. And I don't think people realize that. And, and like when you play, you played at the highest level of college baseball, you've been in pro ball now for a handful of years and like 180 innings though, when you're trying to get to that mark, oh. like that takes so much out of your body. How do you mentally like just like prepare for the, Oh, I'm not going to feel good today, but I got a job to do. Like that's got to be one of the biggest <laughs> hurdles that you have, right? It's tough. Like there's a video uh I think towards the end of last year or sometime in but the Adam Wainwright video where he's warming up. Right. And he and he's just like mentally you have to be prepared. He was like if I need eight if they tell me I have eight pitches to get ready, that's all I need. Like Right. Mentally, I'm ready. Like you have to get that drilled in your head on start days, like on your game days. I don't like to think about the game probably until like an hour before. Really, I try right. to just be relaxed. But come that hour, you you have to mentally prepare yourself, whether it's self talk or just reading like a book or just listening, like whatever your daily routine is or your game day routine is. You have to get that in your mind that I'm ready, no matter how bad my body might feel today like there's going to be days that's going to happen like half the time your starts are going to feel terrible 
But I think what separates the guys that have those days where they feel bad versus days they feel great is just the mental, the mental game. You have to tell yourself like, I'm ready. Like it is what it is. I feel terrible. My fastball is not great. Slider sucks. It is what it is. Like <laughs> right. you're you're gonna you're gonna start in this game in 20 minutes, whether you like it or not. Like get your mind ready to go out there and find a way to dominate, even though your body's saying, "Ah, I can't really today." So I think that's what separates guys. Is yeah, I feel terrible, but I'm a bulldog in my head. Like what did they say? I got that dog in me, Mister Georgia fan. I got the dog. Yeah, in me. <laughs> like, you gotta have that in you. <laughs> that's awesome. But, yeah. um, so that's a good that's a good segue, kind of, because you were talking about the confidence of of getting the fastball back. What you felt like was getting your good fastball back for the first time in a while, and. I'd love to hear you say that you throw you through 60 out of 74 pitches because to me, ever since I've been around you, that's been your best pitch and it's like an, an elite pitch. So um, the mental side of things, like how did – what clicked for you to be like, all right, I'm going fastballs because you said to me all fair that like you think at one point the other day on Thursday, your second start, you threw 20 straight. What, what clicked <laughs> and what light bulb went off for you to be like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. It was like after that first inning, it was like – I think like McCann and I were like catcher, like we were just like the uh, heaters like good today, like go with it. And like yeah. every inning, like before I'd even step on the mound, we had the pitch com thing, which is I think really cool. Like the little pitch freaking tells yeah. you what pitch is coming in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it felt like Kyle McCann just kept pressing the button fast, forcing fastball, forcing fastball, forcing <laughs> fastball, forcing fastball. It just kept going and going and going. But I think, I think it goes back to just, like Kyle and myself, like we've always had a good like plan together when it came to like catcher pitcher, like relationships, he calls a lot of fastballs in and I tend to like to throw fastballs in. Like I have this quad dominant quirky arms late delivery and it sometimes gets on guys. So with righties, I like to, you know, blow guys in with lefties. Most of the time I'm just aiming for the head and just, if it cuts a little bit, it cuts a little bit. If it rises, it rises a little bit, but I think, I think we came in the dugout at one point, and they just said just stick to the hard stuff because I think I had some swings and misses just on the fastball, and I mean the velo wasn't great, like ninety one, ninety two ish, and we kind of just rode with it, and I think we just kept going with it until like they really proved that they were on it. So I think that's what some guys right. get away from is like it's my best pitch, like why should I throw it? Like, I don't want to show them the good stuff right. right now. It's like, why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you want to throw your best pitch every right. every damn time if you know that they're not going right. to hit it? I mean, so that that was my mentality. It's my best pitch. I'm going to keep throwing it until I start getting, you know, teed off on. So we just kept going with right. it and that's going, always with, been it and going my... with it. <laughs> and that's always been the biggest thing for me is, like, if you look at people's pitch usage, it's like your best pitch, whatever it is, to me should be what you throw the majority of the time. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I guess if it's a, if you have a, if your best pitch is a splitter that, you know, you can't land all the time, then maybe it's hard to throw it the majority of the time, but you sh- it should be close, right? Like you mm-hmm. shouldn't have some huge splits. If, if, if my best pitch is a secondary offering, it shouldn't be some huge splits where I'm still fastball 70% of the time. And here's my best pitch. It's a slider. I throw it 21% of the time. It's like, well, that's stupid. Throw yeah, the slider more, like get up to 35%. What's the worst that can happen, right? I mean, like if you if you have a swing and miss pitch at like thirty five whiff, forty whiff, like you should be throwing that 
fifty percent of the time. Like, right. If, the more you throw that, right. the better like your other stuff might be because guys have to respect the, the fact that you might throw ninety five, but hey, you have this sweeping slider. Like they have to respect both. I think. I mean, Gavin Stone pitched the other night uh, for the Dodgers, and he's got wipeout plus changeup, and he probably I think he threw it to to lefties. I think it was like. Th- 40, 45% of the time, it's like, yeah, it's his best pitch. Right. And he's getting swing and miss on his fastball because you have to respect the fact that this guy can blow your doors off at 97 whenever the heck he wants. But he can also right. just and flip then, this change of in there at swing and miss, swing and miss because he knows it's his best pitch. You have to respect both. So I don't see, like, why just throw your best pitch, then they still have to respect the fact that your, quote, average pitch, like, this, like it's still you're still going to throw it. But I don't know. Some guys are different, but I think... I think maybe the thing with like the minor leagues is just like you're still developing. Like right. guys are still here trying to develop a good in-game changeup. Like you can be a bullpen pitcher all you want. You can go on the track man and throw nasty stuff. But when you get in the game, how are you going to execute that pitch? Come bases loaded, two outs, three two count. Like right, it's hard to simulate that in a bullpen. So throw your best stuff all the time for everybody. Listen, <laughs> throw your best pitch <laughs> until they hit it. Until they right. hit it. Not just once, not like one or two hits. Like, yeah, so what? He ran in the one. Like, no, like until you start giving up a few runs, that's when you should start changing. Like, don't just go out there and panic when you let up one hit. I let up a hit to Michael Bush in the first inning on the fastball that I thought I executed. I looked back in the video, I executed it, and I was like, whatever. Tip your hat sometimes, but it is what it is. Yeah, there was. Those guys get paid to hit too, right? Like it's it's you know it's going to happen. But I think the one of, and one of the biggest things that you said there too that I think gets lost in that is like if you're throwing your best pitch the most, right? You talked about Stone throwing his changeup so much to lefties, and then it's like oh his 97 mile an hour fastball is even better. And then for mm-hmm. you, like my thing is you're throwing your fastball and you're executing and it's your best pitch. If you're throwing that the majority of the time, how much, how much more help does that do for your slider or the splitter? Like, right. You're just mm-hmm. now, you're just now for the first time throwing a splitter. I bet you like that splitter is going to be a lot more effective. The stage it's at right now, if you're throwing your fastball 75% of the time, mm-hmm. right? Cause like, here it comes like, what was that? Like, Oh God, right. like I'm geared up. I'm geared up for, you know, 10 straight fastballs, and then sometimes I get to flip one in there. I mean, other guys do it all the time. You'll see guys just rip slider, 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 and they'll throw a fastball in the middle, like 90, 91, and and the hitter just goes, oh, my God. Like, you see in their eyes, like, I can't believe that. Like, I'm not going to get a better pitch. Like, like hitters, like, they may see one or two pitches a game that is worth actually hitting. Like, I think we're at this level where, you know, guys have been around a while where they know – they know the zone. The pitchers also aren't going to be that dumb and just lay you up one. There's no get me over curveballs anymore. There's no flip me in here two right. zero sliders. Like guys are on this stuff, and so like just just throw your best stuff. Just leave right. it at that. Throw your best stuff. <laughs> well, and I think it shows to to you even more so. Like it, it must have probably felt good for you to know that like the velo wasn't there, which I'm sure as you kind of get later into the summer and as things start to warm up, that's going to jump a lot. But like. To be like, yeah, I can – okay, so I didn't have my 97, which you've been up to, but you had your 92 in the tank that day, but your fastball is still good enough to beat guys at that level. Mm-hmm. It's just, That's just got to be a reassuring it. feeling. <laughs> it <Yeah>. was. It, <laughs> it was. Finally, after all spring, just throwing dead zone heaters, just like, oh, God, I've completely lost the fastball. But metric-wise, it was finally <laughs> good, so I'm happy it's back. But 
now we just got to keep building. Like I am, I know the fastball is like getting there. It's finally getting back to the way I like it and the way I've you know, commanded it, which is well. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to be a big league starter. I don't want to be, you know, stuck in AAA for the rest of my career. Right. I want to be up there. I want to be an established big leaguer. So I need to still develop, you know, two more pitches at least to be a starter. Obviously, there's some starters that can, you know, be a one-two mix, but those are right. elites, like they're yeah. specimens. But yep. I mean, I'm going through a lineup two, three, four times, but then we're also facing the same teams. I mean, you know, I'm gonna like just in this league, I'm gonna pitch against the Dodgers probably four, five, six more yeah, times. Sometimes, like yeah. I'm gonna face these guys constantly. I'm gonna know everything about every hitter. I'm gonna know what pitches I threw to them, what he hit, what they're into the same thing against me. So you have to keep changing your game plan sometimes but until like a hitter can really prove that they're on your best pitch i'm gonna stick with it like that's just me like fastball is the best pitch i'm gonna stick with it but going down the road i like to build like reports i have all like the game sheets of what pitches i threw at all these guys like fastball command all that stuff and i just keep building it and the hitters build it too so next time i face them i guarantee you their game plan is going to be jump on the heater and I'm going to have to find a way to get them off the heater by maybe throwing three or four more sliders or a couple more change-ups or something like that. But, you know, we'll see what it is down the road. So, but what that's a, just baseball. You know everything about everybody. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, I mean, and again, so I think what makes the game so much fun is is it could be completely the opposite, right? Like the next time you go mm-hmm. out there, you could, you could do the exact same thing and execute the exact same way. And it could be a completely different start. Not saying it'd be worse or yeah. it could be better. Like it's just because of the way the game is. And there's so much out of your control that it, mm-hmm. it like you can face the same it, guy 15, 20 times and it could be a different result every time. Every single time. Like once the ball leaves your hand, there's nothing you can do about it. It is what it is. I, right. I, I, I talked about a while ago, the White Sox coach, I think he saw like a tweet. It was like, what yeah. pitch are you throwing? Where are you going to throw it? And with the your best ability possible, try and throw it there. And once it leaves your hand, so what? Right. It is what and it is a- after it leaves your hand. That's just what you have to do. You can't let go of it and be like, ah, like just <laughs> throw the ball and see what happens. Like it's some whatever, ha- like it's out of your control after that. <laughs> Well, and I mean, it always seemed to me too, like when you would watch guys when I was coaching, like when and I could tell that a guy didn't like a pitch call or something, like, and they would second mm-hmm. guess it, it always got hit, right? Like how, I bet you mm-hmm. there's been times in, in, in your career where you've kind oh, yeah. of second guessed a pitch and like, doesn't that one always get hammered? That's always I, the one that gets hit. I've had some, I've had some games, like it sucks, like years ago where it's like, please don't hit this out. Like in the back of your mind, you're about right. to throw, you're like, just don't hit it out. Like, don't hit it over. And next thing you know, it's 400 feet over the fence. You're like, I literally talked it in. Your brain, yes. Your brain tells you, like, it's going to tell you what's going to happen. If you say, don't, yeah. if you're like, don't hang this slider, you're going to hang. It's it. going to hang. <laughs> you're going to hang. <laughs> Every time. If you're going to, don't hit this guy, you're going 0-2 up and in. Don't hit him, don't hit him, don't hit him. You're going to hit that guy square in the back. Like, your, your yeah. brain has to say, dotted fastball inside buried slider <laughs> like you have to have that in your head or you're screwed like that's what that's the separators the mental game of this stuff that's, well, that's what i think and, really is and the ones that people don't remember as often is like you're just having a day where you're super confident and you're just like my fastball's on and you you throw one right down the middle and that's what the guy's looking for and he still swings and misses 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's, just, there's, like there's that. that confidence. Like, you can't touch me. There's just that and kind then, of that feeling. And then you'll have the next week where you throw the exact same pitch or three weeks later, the exact same guy, and he tees up on it. Like, it happens. It's just <laughs> baseball. It's just like the, it's going to happen. <laughs> you just go back and forth. Before we but, move on, before we move on real quick, how is the splitter? It's getting there. It's finally, yeah. I think, uh, I didn't take a picture of, like, my track man uh, metric-wise, but um, I think my fastball, I was finally, I think I averaged 17, like, a vert nice. on it, which I'm finally getting back to a little bit of ride on it, which I'm happy with. And I'm having trouble getting horizontal on the splitter, but the depth is there, like, track man-wise. Like, I'm at 2, 3, 4 vert, nice. which... I needed because I had a changeup last year that was essentially just a really bad two seam fastball. It's <laughs> 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 just a two seam fastball at 88. Um, but the velo is high on it. Like it's still, you know, I think I threw it up to 88, 87, 89, but the depth is there, which I'm happy with. So it's, it's coming along. So I think the biggest thing is I got to get used to presetting it every pitch. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to that. So it's, I'm still trying to get the habit of preset that where I want every pitch and then change as I'm, you know, in the glove, but I like it. It's, I mean, it can be unpredictable. I mean, it's a splitter. I mean, it, you're basically right. almost throwing a knuckleball at some point, but I like it. I mean, I throw it, I look at the catcher's mask and I just try and throw it as hard as I can and whatever That's, happens do it happens. So, <laughs> but I love that. It's a work in progress. Well, and I just think the idea of it, like you were saying, like even throwing it hard to me is like, just throw the crap out of it. And if you're mm-hmm. getting the differentiation in the vert break, like that's all you really are looking for. Right. Yeah. That's all I need. I think last year, I think like metric wise, like fastball was around 17, 18, like vert average. And my changeup was, I mean, like 10, 11, like not, not a good number wise, but I'd get decent horizontal. But then again, it's still, there's not a lot of separation between the different planes and the fastball and the changeup. So I'm happy this one has more depth through a downhill to it. And I mean, I can throw this to righties and lefties up last year. I kind of struggled throwing change up to righties just because, I mean, as a BP fastball, just down into a righty, just plop the barrel on it. So it's getting there. I like it. I'm trying to be like uh, the Mets guy, the, the ghost fork. Kenja. Oh, man. That, yeah, Sanger, <laughs> that thing, that is, thing is crazy. That thing is oh, wild. Yeah. We, we touched on it here, um, I think, one of the one of the episodes after his first start maybe, and he had got nine strikeouts. I Ooh. think all nine came on splitters out of the zone in his Gross. first start. I didn't look to see what it was the his most recent Gross. um start, I think this weekend. But yeah, that's like ridiculous. When you're getting Ugh. big leaguers to chase that much, mm-hmm. like you know that's when you have like filthy yeah. stuff. Like, you have the best hitters ridiculous. on the planet swinging and missing at this pitch. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, out of the it's zone awesome. too. Like not even close. That's crazy. Um <laughs> So I didn't. I don't. I hope I didn't bury the lead there, but I wanted to get to see how everything life was in AAA Vegas. Ah, but um, huge news that broke uh, the end of last week, which news that we've kind of all been waiting for, especially those of us who have friends that are in minor league baseball. There was finally a, a minor league CBA passed. You guys are now union workers. Um, the mm-hmm. biggest takeaway that everyone's talking about, obviously, is the. The pay difference, um, I don't think – me and you were talking about this a little bit before we started recording too. Like, People still don't realize how little money minor leaguers were making and how hard it was to just live. Um, I know it seems cool, but 
playing professional baseball is awesome. Many of us dream to do it. And, but, um, the glitz and the glam of minor league baseball wasn't a real thing, but now off season camp guys get six twenty five per week. When you're home in the off season, you get two fifty a week. Spring training, you'll get six twenty five a week, which includes back pay for this year, which is awesome. And then min- minimum salaries, um, everyone has more than doubled their minimum salary. Low A used to make eleven k, they're now twenty six thousand. High A used to make eleven, they're now twenty seven thousand three hundred. Double uh, A used to be thirteen eight. They're now thirty thousand two hundred fifty. Triple A went from seventeen and a half thousand to thirty five thousand eight hundred. Um, any instructs you guys will be paid for. Transportation will now be guaranteed for rookie ball and low A. Each team will have a coordinator, so um, to get to the ballpark every day. If guys who are sixteen just signed, you know, Ethan Salas is with the Padres. He's sixteen years old. He <laughs> probably can't drive. Um, so now he has nope. guaranteed transportation. Um, this one I thought was huge too, just cause we, we talked a lot of times and used to laugh about your travel and double A and stuff, but two buses for all games, um, for all road trips, nice. they now get two buses. If they're, if teams are going more than 250 miles, you get a sleeper buses, which is just amazing. And then obviously we know in triple A, you've been telling us that you guys are flying. Um, I guess your first thoughts on just like, give us a little bit of behind the scenes, just the impact this has on a, on on the life of a minor ligger to now be able to have a little bit of more money in your pocket and have some of these basic things that people probably don't even realize you didn't have before. It's it's oh, I mean I was only part of I mean I guess real minor league baseball for like twenty like part of twenty nineteen. I mean I was lucky. I guess twenty I guess in twenty one there we still had to get our own apartments and stuff. Find all that, but I mean first reaction is just. I'm happy for the guys that have been playing minor league baseball for, you know, longer than me that have been around for seven plus years because they have been through. Right. I mean, to put, I mean, absolute hell at, at some points. Like, I mean, you're living six guys right. with barman, you're struggling for food. I mean, I'll say it. I got my W2 back in 2021. It said 12K. I was like, holy crap. And I had to spend $800 a month for, for rent. So, I mean, you put That's that, you crazy. know, seven months, eight, like, I'm, I'm already down. I like, I'm all, all of that. But I mean, it's just a nice feeling knowing that we can actually play this game. I mean, I was fortunate uh, to sign for okay amount, but for those that are clearly talented enough that may have not signed for, you know, enough to, to get through an off season on their own or to train on their own and stuff. It's nice to see them have the ability to keep playing this game because I mean, after the COVID year, after everybody kind of got sent home, my draft class, like I, had a lot of guys like just call it. They were like, I can't mm. financially do this. Like I want to play, but I have another job right here. You know, I have a wife, I have a kid, like I moved out of home, like all these other factors that, you know, tie in other people's lives. I mean, it's just kind of, kind of a sucky situation for them but it is nice now knowing that we're finally getting the pay that we at least deserve in our opinions um but it also surprising that when that tweet went out i think jeff when jeff passon tweeted and people are still commenting like are you kidding me like they made 12k like i remember talking to one of my buddies and at one point (laughs) last year and I was talking to him, like, I went to Vegas, like, for a spot start, and he's like, how much AAA guys make, like, six figures? And I was like, no. Like, we're we're making, (laughs) are you kidding me? We're making six, I'm like, we made $15,000 last year. 
like in before like for, like people listen like we had the finer on housing in 21 they told us it's where crazy. we were going i think we had five days before we were breaking camp and they told us like hey you're like this is the group you're going to lansing and i was like all right i'm going to lansing and then i was like where am I going to live? Like, where am I going <laughs> to sleep? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, they gave us like some recommendations, like a couple parks, but I was like, I have no car. Like I've never done this before. So I was like scrambling. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I got to find a house for my, where I'm going to live for the season. But then it's also like the season is so unpredictable. Like you have guys right. like that year we had a guy, he got a call at midnight and they were like, Hey, you're going to double a. And he was like, you're lucky I'm awake. Like, right. Or like, he was like, you're lucky you're awake because we have to move on to the next guy. So that also sucks is like you're moving in and out of these houses at that point and you have your name on like two or three different leases and you're paying two or three different rents and you're like, oh my gosh, like this money's going nowhere. Like I'm broke. And like when you get moved up and down, like your name's still on that lease, somebody else might live in your apartment. You're still responsible for damages or anything that happens. But it's it's just really nice now knowing that we're getting a good enough wage where we could possibly move out of the off season. We can actually find better training. We can right. actually eat really well during the season. We don't have right. to scramble like and steal food from the clubhouse and stuff. Like it's awesome. That's all. It's it's so nice having having that done for all those people that worked on that. I mean, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's incredible what they did. Well, and I just think that, like, I I personally still think there's there's more that can be done because I mean I just read through those mm-hmm. minimum salaries and like what people don't understand is is you know people always think professional athlete they think of the highest level right like the millionaires mm-hmm. right yeah Mike Trout makes forty five million dollars a year like he's few he's and far between the man and, and the right <laughs> the people in minor in minor league baseball especially because there's so many minor league players like it they mm-hmm. have been living with wages that aren't livable. Like no one would take a job that pays you $11,000 a year and doesn't pay you in the off seat. Like that's the other thing people didn't realize is you were getting no money when you weren't there. Like you did not get paid in how many. Yeah. The last paycheck in 21 was like September. I didn't get paid from September, right? October, November, December, all the way until February or no, we weren't even getting, we weren't getting paid in spring training. So I, I get, I didn't get a paycheck from like September until April. And I'm just now getting my first paycheck the end of this week. And it's been since I, I went to the, I was in fall league and I, we got paid for the fall league, but for the guys that season ended in September, like that was our last paycheck. It was like September 30th. It's been six months. <laughs> I mean, I don't think people That's, realize I mean, like, and I'm like, we're at this level, like where guys on our team have two or three kids, like guys are 30 years old. Right. They have mortgages, they have cars, they have kids going to school. They got to pay for the, they got babies like they have all this other stuff and it's like how can you raise a family have this quote normal life like i think it's fair to say a lot of us want the life like the house picket fence right. well, the wife the two kids you know puppy or whatever and guys have had to put that on hold for years chasing this dream but it's that balance of I have a chance to be you know top 750 in the world like all these right. guys here have this chance of being at the highest level of baseball possible. And right. I think just like thinking that's incredible, but just knowing the backstory of it, it's like some guys, 
I mean, there's probably the next Mike Trout was probably playing and he probably quit because he can't right. afford it. And now he's working, you know, an everyday job somewhere. So I'm just like happy to see that people now know, like, it, I mean, they still don't know how tough it was for some guys. I mean, I don't even know how tough it was for a lot of guys. So I was fortunate I only had a year and a half of it. But I mean, just going forward, it's so nice knowing that. I can go home and actually have a little bit of money on the side to pay for training, pay for food. I don't have to ration food every week and keep track of all this stuff. So it's, it's night and day. It's so nice. It's ridiculous. Just like to to think about, like you said, there's people who have left the game and had to quit the game who could have been the next star. Mm -hmm. You don't know, right? Like we'll never know. And never know. But just to think, like you said, how are you supposed to tell someone to decide between chasing their dream and wanting a a something simple, like you said, is having a family of, of of having their own house Mm -hmm. and having, being able to support kids and how many guys that, like you said, the level you're at now that have kids and before, like you're asking them to support a family on, on, you know, seventeen and a half thousand dollars a year. That's like ridiculous. ridiculous. Like that's nothing. Mm -hmm. There's so many, and I'm sure there are people out there who, um, in the world have those jobs and they can't find a job. And, and those people I think should get paid more too. Um, but, but mm-hmm. this is a baseball podcast. So I'm going to talk about the <laughs> baseball players who live that life. And, and like, that's just not, you know, that's not, it's not right. And it was like, you know, and, and you talked about even the travel situation on top of it and what they put, Ugh. you know, what your body goes through in the six month season. Um, you're talking about how sore you are after two starts at triple eight. Like, you're doing that for six months. You're not getting enough money to fuel your body. You're not getting, you know, you're traveling hundreds and hundreds of miles on mm-hmm. a coach bus. Like, and then you're expected to go out and perform. Like to me, all those things are just ridiculous. Like how it's been it, to me, it's sad that it's taken until 2023 to even get something like this done because you guys are the, you guys are the step below the greatest baseball players in the world you know, the best mm-hmm. 750 in the majors. And then you guys aren't far behind. Like, cause the differences between, nope. right. The differences between a minor leaguer and a, and a, <clears throat> a big leaguer isn't that big. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just the little details, big, right? It's exactly. It's like the, it's, it's the little details. It's a little edge mentally or um, just maturity or whatever it may be. But to think that, you know, those guys can make, millions and millions and you guys are getting nothing is is kind of crazy because to me it's like you look in in the margins like mike trout makes 40 mil his life would be fine if he made 35 and that extra five went to the minor leaguers in the angels organization (laughs) i mean i don't mean to do that but like you know what i mean like that's not the same thing but but that guy is worth that (laughs) sure he he is but he's all like but what's the dip like okay maybe he's not creating a golf course with tiger woods if he makes 35 like what's different in his life if he is 35 a year instead of 40 in in all reality right but the difference between you know an extra you know twenty thousand dollars to a guy like you is everything it's everything it's ridiculous i think like i like my one buddy like uh like Mac and Aiden McIntyre, we had him on early. He right. tweeted something like a while ago, like how much like we make and how it's ridiculous and how like we're fighting to try and get more. And you see the comments like, "Oh, I'd do it for free." Like, "Oh, like people would love to be in precision." It's like you like for two weeks, I, like for two like, weeks. Yeah, you could do it for two weeks. Like, <laughs> I would like, I would love to see you 
sit on a bus for 12 hours driving from Vermont to Aberdeen, Maryland, leaving at 10 o'clock at night, showing up at the hotel, going and playing a game that night. Go ahead. Try that for free. You're going to do that for right. free? You're going to sit on a bus for 12 hours, double seated next to a dude uh, that like we're not like we're baseball players. Like we're not like football giant dudes, but we're still but like still there's some still yeah. big dudes, like 30 dudes on one bus just going down the road and you're going to show up and play like, yes, like not we're, easy. Like I said, like I'm living the dream. Like, I don't know how to like else to really put it. Like I'm living, like I'm, I get to play baseball for my job. Like I wake up every day. I get to go to a baseball field. This is my office. Like this is right. It's a great feeling, but those people that would just say like, Oh, like I do it for free. Like I would do it for nothing. I would do it for half of that. It's like, you can't, you literally can't like, if right, you, you can't want to be, you can't. Like, you you're can't not good enough. <laughs> no, you're not. Like, right. There's a reason that we're, we're doing this, but just talk about like in season, like, yeah, do it for free. Like maybe you can live off the clubhouse. You can get breakfast, lunch and dinner there. But before the CBA, like, I have pictures of some of the meals we've gotten and right. oh my gosh, like right. it's like for like an elementary school kid, like we're getting right. chicken fajitas with one pepper and one piece of chicken. Like you're called this dinner. Like, no, like the season's what it is. Like maybe you can get through, but what about the off season? How are you going to train for four months to be prepared to win another job after a team probably just released probably 40 guys and then re-signed another 40? Like, how are you going right. to, pay a nice gym pay rent at home how are you going to do all of this stuff on your own without any type of salary so just having like this amount of money like i mean 36,000 is like to most people like not a lot but to us like we feel like millionaires like we <laughs> We're sitting out here, like, talking, like, after after the games and stuff, like, oh, that's expensive. And then we're like, wait a minute. We're freaking <laughs> we can rich. afford it now. <laughs> we're rich. Like, like I, we're sitting there, and, like, my roommate, Garrett Acton, and I were like, we're Friend going to Disney. We're going to Disney World. Like, we can afford this. <laughs> like, like, we can go on a vacation. Like, we can, like, we can do all this stuff that we couldn't before. Like, I can afford, like to maybe go to physical therapy like twice a week and get massages or something. I can afford to get really, really good food from home goods or like uh whole foods or something instead of just crappy stuff from wherever. Like I can do this stuff. So I'm just really happy. Like the one thing that really made me happy about the CBA thing was the back pay for guys that were in instructs and spring trainings. I mean, I have guys on my team that are 30, 35 years old. I think, they just signed a couple guys that are in their thirties, like twelve years of. I couldn't imagine. I did a year and a half of it, and I was like, "No way!" I couldn't imagine yeah, twelve huge. years of it. So it's nice to see them finally giving back what they deserved and what they earned from when they got drafted to now. And it sucks that it took. I mean, we're the, I th- what are we the? I think we're we're the last like uh like professional sports organization yeah. to like have a union. And yes, so it took that long. I mean, it sucked. It took that long, but the fact that they figured out this CBA stuff within a matter of like a year is pretty incredible, in my opinion. Like they did well, this, stuff and that's what's, what's so fast. But what's wild to me, and what bothers me still a little bit about it, um, 
And, and, and like you said, like, I love what you said about how grateful you are to be a baseball player and, and to the people who would say they do it for free. You're just a hater. Um, and I don't have time for you because it's like you, well, you can't, there's a reason that A's drafted me like you, right? Like that's, you sit there and it's like, yeah, I played college baseball, but guess what? Like, I can't hold a candle to what you can do on a pitcher's mound. That's why the A's drafted you and, and they don't mm-hmm. know who I am. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I sure you do it for free. Well, you'd throw probably 76 guy in the Twitter comments. Like, so mm-hmm. you, yeah, it wouldn't no, be possible. Dude. So why don't you I like, pay the guys like, that watch- are worth it? Mm-hmm. Like we said, like the next Mike Trout probably didn't get the opportunity. Like you ever watch like guys, people throw the first pitches. Like they have no idea where the balls. Are. I don't think people <laughs> realize. <laughs> they don't realize how hard it is for us that probably every like Jordan everybody on our soda staff, can. Fifteen of our guys can throw a fastball and hit a Dixie cup. Like that's how crazy point these dudes are. Like we're at this level where guys can literally say, "Hey, I'm gonna throw this slider." Down and in, hit the back foot and the lefty, and boom, there it is. I'm gonna throw this fastball dotted up here, like. And then there's hitters that they're seeing nowadays with how fast and nasty stuff cool. is. They go up there too, and they're just like, "Go ahead, I'm going to hammer it." I got it. Yeah, I have it. Like Tyler Soderstrom steps in there every game, and we're all in the dugout. Like this kid is gonna hit this ball 500. Feet. He's a freak. Yeah, just freak. So like, no, you couldn't do this. One, like, you couldn't do it for free, and you also can't. Like, the the level of baseball just all throughout pro ball is ridiculous, so you couldn't keep up. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right, and what, but what bothers me about still is, like, the framework, because of Major League like, there's an MLBPA. They've been a union. They've had a CBA. I know they haven't agreed on it very often, but, like, the framework has been there for to get one done for the minor leagues for forever. Like, Mm -hmm. why has it taken so long? And it just goes to show you also how quickly they got it done, that the money's been there. You know what I mean? Like, the money's been there. So why have we we taken this long? But at the same time, I'm so happy that it's gotten done because all you guys deserve it. And and to keep guys around for even longer. And like you said, maybe – I don't know how we would quantify this, but maybe the level of play in minor league baseball goes up now that you guys are eating better, sleeping better in the off season, can afford better training, don't have to work a job and train in the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a buddy. Uh, I, I don't want to say buddy on a recorded part. You know, friendly with Ty Hill, who um, was a, a Red Sox draft pick out of high school in Delaware, and mm-hmm. he. I remember him working at Annie Ann's in the off season. Yeah. And working all kinds of other jobs because, like, he needed the money. And you've done camps and stuff, right, to make some money in, in the offseason. Yeah, all of us is tight. Like Billy Sullivan, Brandon Walter, D. Sabatino week. We're, Andrew Bechtold, we're at the gym lessons, like, two or three times a week. Like, it's crazy. We no choice. Andrew, Andrew Bechtold has a house. Dom D. Sabatino, he's got a fiancé. He's got a dog. He has an apartment. And- and watch Andrew like, Bechtold hit a baseball. You want to tell me that that guy, like, right? Like, we that guy's one mm-hmm. of the best hitters. I'm sorry, he's one of the best hitters in the world. I don't care that he's a minor leaguer. Like, if you take the general he population rakes. of the world, Andrew Bechtold, right? And like, he's he has to give lessons because he can't because mm-hmm. we, we can't pay him enough stuff. to do his job, right? Yeah, and guy's now, doing now overtime can... at at Amazon doing holiday hours, like backbreaking stuff. Like, I got a bullpen tomorrow, but shit, I got a freaking midnight shift right now because I can't afford to train at at this level because i have no money <laughs> like it sucks like, it's crazy it, i don't know how it's guys crazy. did that back then no and and, I, and and so i'm happy that that it's gotten done and and um i'm happy you feel rich and i'm excited that we feel that rich you get to uh <laughs> enjoy it yeah that's huge man and uh 
do you have anything else to close before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your off day? Not much. It's freaking nice out here. Good, as the weather back good. there? East coast. Good. Uh, it's been a, uh, you know, Carolinas are, are good. It was really warm last week. It got a little chilly this weekend, but it's warming back up. So summer and you know, summer's on the horizon down here. Golf weather. Nice. I just got to get, I got to get Trevor to agree to a tea time and we can, uh, get back Trevor. out on the, uh, link. I'm looking forward it's to hard, It's hard to get him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, uh, maybe we'll, uh, maybe you'll have like a start the day after an off day and we'll, we'll, when we come out and we'll get there a little early and maybe the three of us can hit the links in Vegas. That'd be awesome. That'd come be on, sick. come join. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, Trevor couldn't be here tonight, but uh, thanks for, it was great to see you dude. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on for another check in here soon. Oh, heck yeah. I get to be back finally. I know it's been a little busy, but we're here. Well, we understand. <laughs> we'll yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, for everyone else, we'll be back on the pod most likely um, a little later in the week. Uh, make sure you check this one out. Make sure you are downloading, subscribing, liking, sharing with five friends, hitting us up on all socials, TikTok, um, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Um, and like Trevor mentioned the other day, we're excited. We have our second sponsor, BetterHelp.com, um, where we'll be coming at you guys with a promo code for that. Um, But that's all for me and Colin tonight. Until next time, take it easy.